This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Well, it's already on his Wikipedia page, so it must be true. May 31st, 2023, Brad for Living became the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There it is right there on Wikipedia, folks. Uh, and it has been previous going back to actually yesterday on uh, on NHL Network where, where Elliot, Elliot talked about it. Um, Friedman's going to be joining me here in a couple of moments to talk about what is going to be uh, the lead story of the day and probably something that dominates uh, headlines across hockey Twitter, uh, hockey radio, hockey podcast, hockey television, uh, probably until Kyle Dubas lands somewhere or the Stanley Cup final begins. And that is Brad Treliving poised to become the uh, next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've been talking about this for a number of days and it looks like it's coming to fruition. We're just waiting the official word from the Maple Leafs and then expect a press conference tomorrow. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night and 32 Thoughts joins me now. Fridge, uh, thanks as always for stopping by and doing it a little bit early today. There's there's no point in a preamble off the top of the show or set it up because the, the show is going to be the big story and that is Brad Treliving, the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, how do we expect things to, to fall here? What are the dominoes right now in the next I don't know, 24 hours or so. Well, first of all, these extra four minutes are going to cost you, America. I just want you to know that, okay? You better be pulling it <laughs> Blood from a stone. My, I, you know I have one of those onion wallets. Every time I open it, I start to cry. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll take our empties back and make sure you get paid. Uh, so I believe that True Living is on his way to Toronto. Uh, uh, I believe that uh, internally the people who need to know in the Maple Leafs organization know. I, I think it's going to get announced today. Uh, I think the contract stuff was finalized this morning. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he's, uh, and, I, and, you know, obviously if he's on his way now, it's four hours to Toronto, two-hour time difference. You know, the press conference yeah. is not going to be today unless they want to do it uh, at like 7 o'clock at some bar. So uh, I think that it'll be, uh, I think the press conference will be tomorrow. And uh, look, I think he was the, I think, look, like I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know. Right from this process started, he was the lead horse and uh, no other horse caught him. You know, sometimes it's always the, um, the, the, the first name that you hear, whether it's uh, Kent Hughes in Montreal, that was uh, the first one that popped up, or in this case, uh, Brad Treliving, Craig Conroy in Calgary, that was the first name that popped up. And, you know, in this, in this industry, sometimes it's just the, the first name that you hear ends up being uh, the guy that they get. What do you think, because I think there's a lot of questions here about, you know, Brad Treliving arrives in Toronto, you know, what are the decisions he has to make? What are the first moves he has to make? What about the coach? What about assistants, Brandon Pridham? What about scouts, Wes Clark? Like, there's a whole host of decisions that have to be made here, and they will be made collaboratively between Brad Treliving uh, and Brendan Shanahan. But before we get there, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, um, casual or otherwise, what do you think they should know about Brad Treliving? Well, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, well, you know what? I, I think the number one thing I'm, I'm curious about we heard Craig Conroy talk about this when he got hired as the GM of the Flames, and that is kind of what they went through with Goudreau and and Kachuk. And what did they learn? You know, what what did they learn? And you know, I I think that that is one of the things that I'm most interested in hearing uh, from Tree Living, like the. Because, you know, Toronto, you know, the, the clock and the calendar 
means Toronto has some big decisions to make and they have some big negotiations to have. And so I'm curious to hear from True Living when he has his announcement, what does he think about that, what he went through last year in Calgary and how it affects um, his decision-making this year? Like, I think that, you know, so that's number one. What else is there to know about him? Like, he's a guy who had, makes a lot of phone calls. There are some GMs who are kind of in every conversation. I think he's one of those guys. Like, some GMs are very private. They only make a call if the call has a point or a purpose. What are you thinking about this? Yep. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy who makes calls saying, well, what's going on out there? What are you hearing out there? Um, like, and not to reporters, but to other general managers. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think he's, like, so I think he's a guy who really tries to keep his pulse on, on what's happening out there. I think the other thing I really think is that, um, you know, sometimes people need a change. And I think the way last year went in Calgary, it was a really stressful year. Um, you know, like I'm 52 now. I've had in my professional life, which is about 30 years now, I've had one, two, three, four jobs. So I guess that average is seven and a half years per job. And some have been longer and some have been shorter. And I think that mm-hmm. like, I, I have incredible admiration for people who can stay in the same job 20 to 30 years. I think that if that is for you and that is the best uh, way for you to live your life, I'd say, number one, good on you. And number two, I couldn't do that. I, sometimes I didn't realize how much you need a change, how much sometimes a change invigorates you, uh, gets your juices flowing again. And I, I got to think last year, like for a lot of people in Calgary, they were like, that was such a stressful year. It's time for uh, a new opportunity or a new role. And uh, I think he will be refreshed with this opportunity. It sounded like you were warming up for a resignation of your own there, Elliot. Is there anything no. like to, to share with us about how you're feeling about your career right now? It sounded like you were no, pen, I, penning your demise there a second ago. No, my uh, my head's in a good place. Thank you, Jeff. That hasn't always been the case, Excellent. but it's in a good place right now, yes. <laughs> I do know it's in a good place. Okay, so with, you know, normally, and we always sort of look at this, Elliot, kind of like, okay, they're buying themselves a year before they have to make decisions. Normally, mm-hmm. when a new general manager takes over, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about Brad Treliving, who was poised to become the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Normally, when a general manager takes over a position, there's usually... I don't know, sort of a grace period of either a year or maybe a little bit less than a year where the manager will say publicly and internally as well, you know, I'm not going to do anything here. I'm going to have a look at I'm going to get acquainted with everybody in the organization, have a look around, see how everything feels, see how people behave, and then I'm going to start to make my decisions towards the end of next season. To your previous point off the top of this conversation, uh, Brad for Living doesn't have that luxury in this situation. There are a lot of you know pressing needs right now that the Maple Leafs have. Uh, this very much feels like a situation where Brad for Living uh, will have to hit the ground running or hit the ground talking or hit the ground signing or hit the ground trading. 
how do you think Brad Treliving reacts uh, on his first days on the job? Like, what are the things that Treliving needs to do right away? Because there's no wading in. There's no, you know, gently wading in in the shallow end here. He's going right into the into the deep end with this position. Yeah, well, I think the first thing she'll be doing is, like, first of all, I assume Sheldon Keith is going to be one of the first conversations he's going to have. I assume he'll start reaching out to some of the agents of the players, like, not only the ones, like, obviously, I think uh, the, the core group um, and those who have some business to take care of. I mean, you know, all, a lot of the talk is obviously about Matthews and Nylander, but even, you know, before then, they have some guys who they have to decide on for next season, guys like Camp, you know, for example, who I think is someone they would like to try to bring back. Um, so, like, I, like I, you know, basically I'm sure he's reaching out and, and figuring out, uh, talking to all those people. You know, it's been really quiet around Keith. Um, you know, I said on the pod this morning, and I said on J.D. Bunkers' show this morning, that I think that there, is, like, to me, it appears more likely than not that he's going to be okay. And I should say this, like, if he wants to be. Um, you know, I, I think actually the bigger question is, are they going to extend him or not? It's like, I know, like I was like, ever since like some of the tw- uh, tweets came out about the quotes from what I said with JD this morning and with you this morning, I had some people reaching out to me saying, you cannot allow a coach in Canada to go into the last year of his deal. And I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that, but there's a lot of people out there who feel that way. So I think the, the question about Keith is not going to be so much about do they keep him because I think there are people in the organization who are happy to keep him. I think the bigger question is going to be, are you going to let him go into the last, if you do keep him, are you going to go and let him go into the last year of this deal? So that seems to be one of the first um, orders of business. Let, let, let's rewind a couple of seconds here on, on Brad Treliving. You've talked about, you know, you have a, a couple of different sayings that you live by and, and learn by. And one is, you know, the predictor of, of future behavior being past behavior. And if we look at Brad Treliving's resume as a general manager of the Calgary Flames, a couple of things jump to mind. One, brave. Like, incredibly bold, not afraid to pull the trigger on big deals to lurch the team forward. Um, based on what we saw in Calgary with Brad Treliving, is there some is is there one specific skill set that you think you know put Brad Treliving over the top over the the Mark Bergevans or the the Peter Chiarellis or these other types of former GMs that you know we believe the Maple Leafs had some interest in? Like, what was it about Treliving himself that led us to this day where we're waiting for an official announcement? Well, I think there's I think there's a couple of things, uh, uh, Jeff. I, I think number one, I think that I look. I think that if there's anything that is, you know, first of all, he's been in Canada. I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, he he was he was a GM in Canada for a long time. I think he has an understanding of how this all works. And, you know, that's, that's important. I think, too, um, like, you can, like, I think also one thing we've learned in the last couple of weeks is that, you know, Toronto has a certain kind of, a certain chain of command, and not everybody's comfortable with it. He's kind of worked in that kind of a situation in Calgary, whether with the late Ken King or with 
uh, Brian Burke or with Murray Edwards, the owner, and he is not afraid of that kind of a structure. So I think that definitely helps too. Like I think, like I definitely think that in this process, you know, the Maple Leafs looked around and called around, and um, I'm sure there were some people that, you know, kind of like either, you know, like probably wanted the same thing that Dubis did, which is more of a say. I, like, I just think he understands how this is all going to work. And number three, and I think this is also very important, you just talked about it, is that you have to be unafraid to make uh, big decisions. And, um, you know, I think in this, you can't be afraid. Like, we, we talked about when I, when I mentioned that GM with Bite, like a lot of people had a lot of fun with it. But I, I, I really understand that there are some people in life who are not comfortable being the public decision maker. And if you're somebody who's nervous with that or isn't comfortable with that or doesn't want to do that in a market like this one, in a team like this one, then you can't do the job. And uh, I think, you know, I, I don't think that scares him. You know, I mean, the other thing, too, is he can point and he can say, look, his, um, his American Hockey League team, like everybody has good drafts and bad drafts. Like everybody has picks they sure. hit. Everybody has picks they met missed like you take a look at their american hockey league team and you know what they have they just won they had the, they were the regular season champions they had the regular season mvp who's a good looking young goalie they have some young players who look yep. like they're going to be able to play like he can probably point to that and say look like no we've we're, we're not perfect but we've got some player young players who look like they're going to be players here and we, we can use that as an example of how we're going in the right direction you know that that's that, that's through all of this. That's what I wonder about as well, and that is the the Calgary side to all of this. And we've seen, like, look, you you know how this works a lot better than I do. There are certain general managers who tend to do business with the same group over and over again, uh, not for any other reason than those are the people they feel comfortable doing deals with, and it just makes sense. I know he hasn't even been announced as general manager yet, and here I already am talking about trades, but here I go. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of players on that Calgary Flames roster that Brad Treliving brought in that I'm sure he would love to see on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster. Um, yeah. As we wonder about what next year's version of the Maple Leafs are going to look like, and I'm curious, and I, I do know that Brad Treliving, like, you're right, he calls everybody always. That is his, his well-earned reputation in the NHL. But do you think that Brad Schliving in the back of his mind is thinking, okay, I'm going to call my old buddy Craig Conroy here and see what I can do with Calgary? Uh, I'm sure there'll be a conver- I, I'm sure there'll be a conversation about that. Like, what are you thinking? What's that? Uh, what are you going to do? But you know, I think the other thing is, like, I think in addition to the what I said about the least, like, I think they're happy with Keith and would. And their preference, I think, like, they're happy to bring them back. But I think the same thing about the core four. Like, I don't think it's guaranteed they're all staying long-term. But I do think that they would like mm. to try to do that. So, I look, I, I've been on record with Matthews for months about this, that I think he's staying, and but I just don't think it's a long-term deal. And then, so, okay, so, you know, Tavares isn't going anywhere for a couple of years. Um, I don't think they should trade Marner and Nylander probably will come up to the negotiation. Like where does that go? And so I think if your preference is to start 
by keeping those four, having those four stay, then, I mean, my question then becomes, how do you do that? Like, for some of the players that we're talking about here, Jeff, is he going to call? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is he going to try to figure out what's going on there? Absolutely. But for, uh, but in terms of how do you get those decisions done or how do you make those moves, I don't know how you make them if you're bringing everybody back. Well, that's what I was kind of getting to. And on the podcast that just came out this morning, we talked a lot about Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. And Tom Dundon uh, yesterday essentially saying, let's run this back one more time. Uh, we were that close. Yeah, we want to get a long-term deal done with Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, we'd like to re-up with Jordan Stahl. Yeah, we'd entertain the idea of bringing both veteran goaltenders back. But, you know, as many who want to come back are welcome here, and let's run this thing back one more time. Is there that maybe same spirit or element within the Maple Leafs organization with this team right now? Like, I know a lot of fans were and have been, and mind you, they have been for a while, howling for some type of change. But is there not maybe even a greater chance that this team looks more similar than different next season, regardless of who the GM is? Uh, I think it's... uh, I think it's... I think it's... I still think there will be changes, Jeff. Um, I do, but, like, again, I'm not convinced they're going to be with the top group yet um, based on what I've kind of heard, but I still do think there's going to be changes. Like there's a lot of free agents and not all of them are going to be back. And plus they got a lot of cap room. So uh, they're going to have the opportunity to do some things. Like I'm like, I've always believed bet on talent. Like those guys have talent. Um, And, you know, like I said, I think the preference is, from the top of the organization is to try to keep them together. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think they are going to try to make changes around them for sure. Okay. Uh, I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but here I go anyway. Remember how Jim Rutherford used to bring Matt Cullen everywhere? And every time Matt Cullen would escape, Jim Rutherford would bring him back, whether it's with the Carolina Hurricanes, whether it's with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He would always bring Matt Cullen, it seemed, everywhere that he went. Uh, with Brad Treliving going to Toronto, does that mean that Michael Stone goes along with him? <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. I didn't even think about that. thought you'd like uh, that one. That's a good one. I thought you'd like that one. That's, uh, that's very good. That's I, uh, I, I have to say, I, I, I have no idea. I have to, that's not something I've really considered, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just see Michael Stone as Brad Living's Matt Cullen. Okay, to, uh, to, to other uh, serious things here. Um, uh, I, I do wonder, and I think we all do, once it comes to the roster, that's one question. The coaching is another question as well. But the people that are, that are going to be surrounding Brad Living, whether it's uh, Brandon Pridham, uh, who uh, is you know, uh, uh, acting as the, the interim here, and uh, their capologist and assistant general manager. He's done spectacular work with the, with the salary cap specifically uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, whether it's Wes Clark, um, who right now might be wondering about what's happening with his position. He still has term on his contract, but Kyle Dubas is, is headed elsewhere. Um, do we have any idea what any of this means for the people that are going to be around Brad for living, or is it just plain too early? I, I think that uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think that this is something that's going to take an incredibly long time. I'm sure they're going to get in there and, and start to figure out where this is all going to go. Like I just assume with Pridham, if he wants to say stay, 
that there's going to be room for him because he's a really bright guy and you want to keep really bright people around. Um, you know, this is the guy who basically wrote the CBA and he did a lot of their salary cap gymnastics this year that while it worked for them, drove other people bananas. So um, I think that, uh, I, like, why wouldn't you want to keep him providing he wants to stay? You know, underneath that, um, you know, if, if Dubas takes anything, um, if Dubas takes anything, you wonder if he's going to ask to take some people with him. So that's number one. And number two, there's, there's no question, Jeff, that the fallout of some of the articles like it, it got to a point where I think some in the Maple Leaf organization were like, okay, we, we understand you're upset, but enough already. And le- everybody's got to move on with their lives. So I don't like, I think it was emotional last week. I think there were, there was some real frustration at uh, the reaction uh, after a few days. But again, I don't know if that everything calms down people's emotions settle and everybody just moves on or, that's a situation where people simply say like we have to clean out even more people here because these people can't get past it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Bradshaw living poised to reunite with his former captain, Mark Giordano, um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, as for the outgoing general manager, uh, mm-hmm. here we are on Wednesday, May the 31st. Uh, June is approaching, inching closer here, and we still don't have any type of closure or, you know, sharp line drawn on where Kyle Dubas is headed next. Uh, hockey Twitter is uh, ablaze with he's going to Pittsburgh, he's not going to Pittsburgh. Uh, he wants Ottawa. He doesn't want Ottawa. There's a, a mystery box over here with a team inside of it where Kyle Dubas may appear. Um, from your Dubas radar and your Dubas decoder ring, uh, yeah. as much as you can, do you have any idea where he's going or where this story is right now, or is it just a bunch of is it just a bunch of you know Riddler question marks? Um, I have a feeling my my Dubas radar and my Dubas decoder ring are not working very well right now i look like you know what's the worst thing jeff it's a vacuum and it, because in a vacuum all the rumors go crazy um i i kind of thought this might be sorted out early this week and you know last night like you know like again i'll, I'll say this again there's been a lot of conflicting reporting and i understand that there's been a lot of conflicting rumors and uh so, like, when there's a vacuum and everybody wants to report and everybody's clamoring for information, I, I think that's what happens when there's all this conflicting info is, you know, a lot of stuff gets reported and things change. Like, I do think as of last night, he hadn't officially decided. I get differing opinions on whether that's a negotiation ploy or that's real. Um, but I do think he hadn't legitimately decided. I do think the Penguins are getting close to saying we need an answer here because, look, like I think, A, they need a decision. B, there's other people they have as their alternate plans who are kind of stuck there uh, because, um, you know, they, you know they, they have to let their teams know, am I coming or am I going? And plus it's their lives too. I, believe me, I get the frustration, but I just got to a sense where, not, like, I just don't think anything's set in stone yet. And, uh, and the other thing I did mention is I, I have heard that there might be some other teams 
who are just trying to at least figure out where he is and does it make sense to bring him in on some kind of basis in their organization. So I like, now I don't necessarily think he's going to be going to becoming a GM somewhere and someone's getting fired, but I, I think it's possible yeah. that some teams have thought about bringing him in. And, you know, I, I think there's some potentially some options out there that, that we hadn't thought of. See, that would be the wild one. And it would, first of all, it would be a very Kyle Dubas-esque move. Uh, I believe the, uh, the term is swerve uh, for him to, to end up with a team that, that nobody's considered or nobody has talked about here in a position that, you know, you know, it's interesting when you mention, you know, show up and you're sort of the general manager and waiting and we all know how awkward that can be. And I think we can all recall when the Chicago Blackhawks suddenly hired Joel Quenville out of nowhere to work as a scout. And we all knew that, you know, the minute that Denny Savard got fired and it was early that Quenville was going in and, and, and taking over. Uh, so I'm not talking about that situation, but I, I would imagine, because I, I thought a lot about what you said on the podcast last night that came out this morning. Like, I would imagine there'd be a number of teams who would look at Dubas and would say, okay, we don't have a position available right now, but we know that we want him in our organization. You know, we talked about this with the Montreal Canadiens and Marie-Philippe Poulin a couple of years ago. We don't really have a job here, but we just want you in. And I do wonder if there is that kind of vibe out there about Dubas. We don't have a spot right now, but we're going to figure one out. And because of that, we just want you here. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you do that? I I think I think the teams are and and probably should be in 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 the business of thinking like that. But we'll see uh, where this one ends up. Okay, a couple of things outside of uh, the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas, real quick. Um, Press conference at 1 Central. Andrew Burnett announced as the next head coach of the National Predators. As you reported on the podcast last night, John Hines allowed to talk to teams uh, pretty much immediately. What do you think we should know about this one and how much, uh, how, how curious are you to hear Barry Trotz comment on this process? Uh, I, I think most of us are really uh, interested in hearing it because, as you know, the rumblings were getting louder the longer that this uh, went on and about how Hines was getting treated. And I think, you know, Trotz being a former coach is, is probably sensitive to that and, and going to indicate uh, why he did it the way he did. So I would expect that we're going to hear Trotz talk about that at length uh, today when he, he meets with the media. And I would suspect he's going to indicate that he felt he told Hines everything that was going on. And I would suspect that he was going to, he's going to draw on some of his own experiences, though, although I don't know that exactly what he would be referring to there yet. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned for that one. Um, also uh, really quickly, a couple of other coaching vacancies still out there. You know, we talked about, you know, Calgary and the Rangers, et cetera, Anaheim, uh, Columbus. Uh, I know this day is sort of being dominated and I'm sure your big chases are all around the Maple Leafs and, and Brad Treliving, but are we inching closer to conclusion on anything else out there in the market? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I feel like those old, I I feel like those old Looney Tunes cartoons with Daffy Duck trying to block the dam and uh, new leaks keep springing out. Like it's like uh, every moment you get a situation where, you know, you think you've got one story you're working on to close and something else opens up. I really thought I thought we'd get some clue on Columbus's head coach, 
And um, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I thought either Columbus or New York was next. I mean, obviously the Pittsburgh thing is still holding. Like uh, to me, it's not as clear horse races as Tree Living was in Toronto about which of these decisions is coming next. But I think we could see all of these things happening at any time. All right, uh, on that, we'll let you go. Thanks for uh, for hopping on early. You earned the extra four minutes. Uh, we'll pull a little something well, extra Well, it's 12.28, this week, so Elliot. You, you cut two <laughs> off the back end, so let's just call it even. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, comp- we'll put a little something extra in the envelope at the end of the week for you here for those extra two minutes, Elliot. Um, Thanks, Fred. Listen, great job on this one. Uh, you've been fantastic from day one on the True Living file. Uh, we'll check in again tomorrow. In the meantime, and enjoy the rest of your chases today. All right. Take care, Jeff. Have a great day. There he is. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.